This is information not being reported by anyone else. You want the scoop? Here it is with Darren Doogie Wolfson. We are here. It is episode 97 of the Scoop Podcast, brought to you in part by Vine Park Brewing in St. Paul. I'll tell you all about Vine Park. That'll be after we get to Wolves and Lynx owner Glenn Taylor. The Lynx begin the WNBA Finals at Williams Arena on Sunday against the L.A. Sparks, the best of five. The Wolves begin training camp Saturday in California. Glenn, always appreciate your time. Can you put into words what it means for your Lynx to be in the finals now in six of the last seven years? It's a remarkable feat. Well, I would just first of all say that's uh, their expectations and my expectations that we have a very good team. And uh, if, as long as we don't get um, set back by injuries, uh, I think we are as good as any other team in the league, and therefore uh, I'm just proud that we are in the finals, but uh, on the other hand, I expect it to be there. I mean, is there also a thought, Glenn, that you might have the best team in WNBA history? I mean, I know it's probably hard, you know, to, to compare it to the Houston Comets of, you know, 15, 18, 19 years ago, but Glenn, you might be the owner of the best team in WNBA history. I think, as you indicated, it's hard to compare to some other team, but certainly if we are not the best, uh, we're right up there with them, and, you know, that makes me feel very, very proud. We, Glenn, are getting the matchup we all wanted, a rematch from last year. How excited are you? It'll be quite a uh, rivalry. I mean, is there a thought that you have to avenge last year's loss the way last year ended, losing Game 5 at Target Center on your home floor, that, that this is the chance to, to avenge that loss? No, I don't think we really look at it that way. I think that uh, this is another season, and I think that uh, we know that uh, we had a great season, and so did they. And I think uh, we just want to beat them on this year's uh, uh, courts and uh, show that we're the best team this year. I suppose, Glenn, we can't look at the three regular season matchups between you guys and L.A. because Lindsey missed two of those three games. Yeah, I think it's hard to do that, uh, to, uh, you know, to measure that. Uh, Lindsey is a very important part of our team. Uh, the playoff is um, something special and I think requires all of the players to go up to a higher level of competition. And, uh, you know, we'll just see if um, we can meet that challenge. How has Sylvia Fowles Glenn changed your franchise? I am proud of her. You know, she had put down as one of her goals that she wanted to come to this team. Uh, you know, she played last year, and she certainly was a great asset last year, but she just elevated herself this year uh, to another level. Uh, but I think, you know, just watching her and being close to her. I think a lot of it has to do with uh, just uh, her own confidence in her own ability, and it was just fun to see. I mean, was that a thrill of a lifetime, being at center court the other night as she's holding up, you know, the WNBA MVP trophy, Glenn? Well, I don't know if it's the thrill of a lifetime, but because, uh, <laughs> winning the championship probably, yeah. in those years probably was uh, the, the higher thrill for the WNBA. But, but uh, just personally, I was so happy for her and for our team. You know, and what she did this year, and and uh, and during this playoff, was she always a player that you guys had targeted, Glenn? I mean, when you made that trade, going back, you know, a year plus, was she somebody you were trying to trade for for a while, or is that a trade that came together last second? No, I'd say it's someplace in the middle. It wasn't like Lindsay, 
where we had tried for several years to bring her here, and then we finally were able to work out a, a deal. Uh, what happened more with Sophia is that we heard that she, uh, it was her desire to be moved out of Chicago. And once we heard about that, um, we made some inquiries, only to be told that it wasn't going to be, happen. So uh, we stayed with it. Uh, we pursued it. But, uh, you know, it took, um, if, if my recall is right, about six months, mm. and then we were able to work it out. Glenn, what makes Cheryl Reeves such a good coach? I think she's consistent in, in that uh, she has always has high expectations during the game. She expects people to perform. Uh, she, uh, when people make mistakes, uh, I think she's there uh, to um, uh, talk about it and to try to get improvement from it and non-repeat. And I think that, uh, that's what the players like about her, that they know what they're going to hear from her. And she's, uh, you know, I want to say always sort of the same and that her expectations are always very high, you know, in practice, uh, during the summer, and uh, during game time. Is she a Lynx lifer? I mean, does she have a job, Glenn, for you as long as she wants to coach? You know, I don't want to speak for her. Uh, I'm speaking for myself in the sense that I think that she's a really high-quality coach uh, who will, if she ever left us, would be hard to replace. Um, But, you know, uh, she's got to be the one that says that she has the enthusiasm for the job and wants to do it. Uh, You know, we get along very well. I have the greatest respect for her. And, uh, you know, I think it's to our advantage if, if she continues to want to do this job and, and has the uh, uh, excitement about continuing uh, to, you know, keep winning. I mean, what else would there be? I mean, do you sense that one day she'd like to coach men? Oh, I don't know. That's a question for her. Uh, I think if she's in the WNBA, uh, this is what she can she can do. I, she has never inferred to me that she ever wanted to teach uh, at college or anything other than this. So, uh, you know, I, I, her and I only talk about being together for the future. I know it's been only two games at Williams Arena, but it seems like that was a great decision. All worked out well with you guys landing at the barn. Well, there was a number of reasons for that. I mean, the, uh, the first two important reasons, number one was for our fans. We have such a uh, great fans to try to keep it in the Twin Cities, keep it close to where our fans can come and have it in a, a size of an arena that where they all can come. We were able to, uh, to do that. Number two, we have to find a place that's uh, healthy and a good environment for our employees. And, and the barn meant all of that except for the uh, air conditioning, which I had to uh, put in for... I think mostly for our players. I think our fans would have, would have adjusted. But, you know, you have to have a healthy environment for your players also uh, when they play at, at the level uh, we played. But it's turned out good. I think the atmosphere in there is great. It's very noisy. That's sure a playoff uh, type of environment. I mean, the hope, I would suppose, is game one on Sunday that you have 14,000 people in there. Forget six or 7,000. You want the upper deck filled on Sunday. Well, that would be our goal. Uh, you know, I realize that uh, there's not much time to go out and get, you know, a, a lot of recruiting to get people there. But it's sure an important game for us, and 
for our fans, and and if we get that uh, a crowd like that, I think it just reinforces our commitment to win, and and I think our players uh, will just love it, and our fans will be very excited. So you're right. Our, our goal is to have a great big crowd there to uh, cheer them on. I suppose it'll be a fun three-day stretch, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Friday Wolves Media Day, Saturday Wolves on the practice court, then Sunday game one of the WNBA Finals. you got both your teams rocking and rolling this weekend. Yeah, it'll be a busy uh, busy time, but a very uh, uh, entertaining and uh, uh, fun one. Last time we talked, Glenn, we both were surprised that Shabazz Muhammad was still a free agent. Lo and behold, it worked out brilliantly for you guys. You guys get him back on a great deal. We know him. We know his ability. He's a relatively young player. We see that there's room for improvement, and uh, you know, and, and he knows the coach, and um, so uh, it didn't work out as he had hoped it would be for him. I think this is the right place for him to be so that uh, he has a better chance next year to get the contract that uh, he would love to have. Is it true, Glenn, that he turned down more money from somewhere else to, to return? I mean, that's the word. I mean, that speaks volumes that – there was a desire on Shabazz's part to return to play for Tibbs, to want to be here in Minnesota. Certainly his message on Twitter, I don't know if you saw his message on Twitter, but he's like, let's get this thing rocking and rolling. Let's let's make sure we go to the playoffs. It sure seems like Shabazz had a strong desire to remain here with the Wolves. Well, I, that's the only thing I have communicated with him and our desire to have him back. Uh, we never talked about money, so that's why I'm saying I'm not aware of that. Uh, we only talked about uh, his opportunity to play here. The coach knows him. The coach, uh, he doesn't have to prove to the coach that he has the ability to play. And uh, and uh, he certainly knows the other players. We needed a wingman for sure. If anybody gets hurt, uh, he'd get a lot of minutes to play. And um, But just in the regular rotation, there's every reason to believe that uh, he should get the minutes as, uh, at Minnesota probably more than any other place. What do you still need, Glenn? Do you still need another wing and a point guard? Yes, I think that's uh, in speaking with the coach uh, that he has his eye on a, a, perhaps another point guard. You know, it might be a person that could play uh, both uh, one and two, but uh, certainly uh, has the ability to uh, play the one position that's so extremely important in case our uh, main guard uh, gets hurt. And uh, uh, and then the other one, I still think that we're looking for somebody who can shoot threes. Uh, you know, perhaps a wing, uh, somebody could maybe do a 3-4. I mean, the word is, yeah, I mean, Dante Cunningham. I mean, hopefully Dante chooses you guys, Glenn. It sounds like it's between you guys and New Orleans. So I guess fingers crossed that Dante Cunningham comes back to Minnesota. I, I think you're right that, that he's looking at us and uh, New Orleans, who he, he's very well acquainted with, and uh, I think that uh, he'll make that decision relatively soon. I'm not sure what the decision will be, but uh, I've told him that we'd love to see him back uh, with our team, and we think that uh, we're going to have a great year, and he could uh, just help that happen. Is there still an expectation, Glenn, that the Andrew Wiggins extension gets wrapped up here relatively soon? I know it's in his interest and in, in our interest that we get this done before practice season starts. So we have a relatively short time uh, communicating. Uh, he's indicated he wants to get it done. So I wouldn't be surprised that you'll hear something worked out 
this week. Did you have the conversation had, you wanted to have with him, Glenn? Well, I have had several with him. <laughs> and yes, they have been the conversations that both he and I uh, have talked about the future. So, I mean, everything we've talked about is getting this uh, contract done and looking for the future. And and I think our communications have been uh, very open and, and fruitful. How's Nemanja Bialica doing? He's, uh, I have talked to him, too, and... He indicates that he's ready to roll, so um, I think it'll be a little slower. I think all these guys want to get out there and and, and push it, but, uh, you know, he's, so, he's an important part to our future, and I think the medical people will stay, be a little cautious, and, but I think everything's going to proceed uh, very well in his case. And how about your first-round pick, Justin Patton? Maybe a little slower, just because of his injury. Um, and we again, we want to be cautious. Uh, he's not uh, a player that we drafted that we needed uh, immediately to help. So uh, obviously, we can be more patient with him. Uh, it might be even that the G League uh, might be a, a great place for him to build his confidence, show what he can do, uh, and have the open space to bring him back uh, whenever we need need him. But uh, we don't want to push him too fast. Cause uh, he has a long-term future, and he's a young man, and we want him to uh, be really positive about his future, and the best way to do it, do that is to be cautious. Do you like the idea, Glenn, of training camp in California away from Minnesota? My uh, my idea would probably be in Mankato or, or here in uh, uh, Minneapolis, but uh, the coach uh, persuaded me that uh, he thought this year that uh, since we're going to China, that he wanted some quality time away from our every every other type of uh, uh, oh let's just say uh, excuse excuses not to be together that he just wanted to build a rapport amongst um, all of his players and pull them off tight and he just thought it was the best and I and and I'm just going with his advice. I know we're both happy for Calvin Booth. We both like Calvin a ton. He's now in the Denver front office. Will you guys fill that position in your front office? Well, I can't tell you exactly who's going to do it and how they're going to do it. But it's an important uh, position. And uh, uh, right now the guys, uh, I mean, that's got responsibility to do that. And right now he's just concentrating on trying to get the team filled. So, I mean, his priority is to get those two people that I was uh, talking to you about and to get Wiggins' contract done. That's his priority right now, but he'll do that. He has time to do that. Got it. I'll leave you after this, Glenn. It looks like the lottery rules will change, considering that you guys have never moved up in the lottery history. Are you in favor of these changes that are coming to the NBA draft lottery? I voted to make the changes. I don't know if, if we'll end up making exactly the same changes that I supported uh, a couple of years or two a year ago. Uh, because it didn't pass. Um, more teams voted against it. Uh, they wanted to keep the same. So uh, I know we're going to talk about it. Um, uh, if in general, I think I understand the changes that will be submitted. I probably will support it. I mean, you have to, right, Glenn? I mean, just based on your own personal history, you could even say bad luck of never moving up in the lottery. Don't you have to support that, you know, if you're the fourth or fifth team, that maybe you have about the same yeah. odds as the worst team? Yeah, that isn't the reason, though, Doogie, that I would support it. I just, I don't like this idea that uh, that people, uh, the teams, uh, try really hard uh, 
to have uh, the worst record. I just don't think that's good for basketball. So anything that we mm-hmm. can do to, to change that probability so that it's uh, uh, not, you know, not in their interest to lose games, I think is good for basketball. Glenn, thank you so much. We will see you at the barn on Sunday. All right. Look forward. Okay, thanks, Glenn. Bye-bye. Here's what you may have missed on a recent episode of Football Headquarters with Sean Zobel. One of the bigger reasons that we haven't talked about whether or not the GM or the head coach gets fired is the quarterback position, Sam Bradford. His contract is probably one of the biggest stories that nobody's talking about in that he's due after this season's up. But the Vikings won't commit to him because they don't know, A, if he's capable of being the franchise quarterback, or B, what's going to happen to Teddy Bridgewater. So, Mr. Scoopman, what's the latest that you're hearing on an extension for Bradford or what the update or status is of contract talks? I'll say this. My sense is that Bradford's side certainly has tried to engage the Vikings front office in some extension talks. My sense is the Vikings will take a wait-and-see approach. Yep. As they should. There's no rush now. The Matt Stafford contract just raises that franchise number higher and higher. But the Vikings do have the ability, if Sam Bradford has an unbelievable year, takes them to the NFC Championship game, who knows, maybe further. It's not like they will outright lose Sam Bradford. You can find the Football Headquarters podcast on iTunes, Podcast One, or 1500ESPN.com's podcast page. Lots of good tidbits from Glenn. He personally has recruited free agent Dante Cunningham. As I said on the Scoop podcast last week, the News and Notes one, episode 96, the Bucks were also after Dante Cunningham, but that Dante would choose the Wolves over the Bucks. that it was down to the Wolves and New Orleans. We should have an answer pretty soon here on Dante Cunningham, but good to know that Glenn Taylor has personally recruited him. The Wiggins deal will get done. If both sides are willing to do it, both sides are, clearly. So the Wiggins deal is set to get done here this week. Nemanja Bielitsa coming back from the foot surgery in March. Yeah, they'll take it slow, but it's good to hear that Bielitsa has communicated to Glenn that he is good to go. So he should be fine by the start of the regular season. Justin Patton, we've always said, hey, he'll spend a lot of time in the G League. We'll have to find out. We'll have to dig on who this combo guard that they're after. I had heard for a while Aaron Brooks was the name to keep an eye on, but Aaron Brooks really doesn't have – Two-guard flexibility, maybe he does to a degree, but not really. So maybe it's somebody else. Maybe it's Brooks. We'll have to dig on that. So always good stuff from Wolves owner and Lynx owner, Glenn Taylor. I did forget to ask him about Chris Wright, longtime Wolves employee Chris Wright, leaving to be CEO of the Loons, Minnesota United. Chris Wright, one of the great guys in town. Let's give some love to Vine Park Brewing. Vine Park Brewery is on West 7th Street in St. Paul between 35E and downtown St. Paul, closer to 35E. They have all sorts of good beer, good wines, good root beer. Swing in, grab a growler. If you're having a football party this upcoming weekend, Vikings Buccaneers, hey, it's a bye week for the Gophers, but there's always great college football on Saturday. Swing in, grab a growler. Check out their great selection of beers. Or do this. For $7, you go into Vine Park Brewing. You can see how they make their beers, make their wines. So they'll give you a tutorial. They'll teach you all about how to make beer, how to make wines. Then you stick around. You get a flight or a pint. 
and you get Heggie's Pizza. So all for $7, you can learn the intricacies of how to make beer, how to make wine, how to make root beer from owner Andy. Then you get to sample some beer, whether it's a flight or a pint. Then you get fed Heggie's Pizza, the very solid, rock-solid Heggie's Pizza. So swing into Vine Park Brewing to grab a growler or to take that tour. Vine Park Brewing. The Dante Cunningham decision expected sometime Tuesday night. He's in Oregon, so he's two hours behind us. He was supposed to get a workout in late morning, then take a nap, sleep on his decision, then alert the party sometime Tuesday early to mid-evening of his decision. I am told to advance the story. I'm picking up an edit here. I talked to Glenn Taylor on Monday afternoon, picking up an edit here at 1.50 Central Time on Tuesday afternoon. I am told that Dante has indeed turned down Milwaukee plus Toronto. I've brought those two teams up on past podcasts. But indeed, he has turned down Milwaukee plus Toronto. It is down to the Wolves and New Orleans. I don't have a good sense as I'm sitting here at 1.50 on Tuesday afternoon, which way he is leaning. I do know that Glenn Taylor is a really good closer. He was there to seal the deal almost a year ago. Gorgie Jang, the four-year, $62 million extension. So Glenn has a way with his words. So maybe Glenn has persuaded, influenced Dante Cunningham to return to Minnesota. We should know soon. We'll get to Brent Flair, Wild VP of Operations, in just a second to talk Miko Koivu contract extension. But first, some love for another sponsor of the Scoop Podcast, Running Tap, running-tap.com online. They are a local startup that delivers beer directly from tap rooms to you. People don't think about it, but beer in the liquor stores has been sitting around, sometimes upwards of six months For an IPA that could taste really different than it was intended to by the brewer. Also with all the local breweries, over 150 breweries in the state. And many of those guys are making small batches of amazing stuff. But oftentimes nobody gets to taste that amazing stuff. Well now, Running Tap will deliver all that great beer from local breweries right to you. Again, for more information, the website running-tap.com running-tap.com. They do deliver on Sundays, so every day of the week they will deliver you beer, good local crafted beer. So I'm telling you, check out their website, running-tap.com. If you're a beer snob, a beer aficionado like me, this is perfect. You can sit on your couch, you can watch football all weekend, you can have Running Tap deliver beer to you, local good beer. Again, the website, running-tap.com. All right, let's get to Brent Flair of the Wild. It's a good time to bring Brent Flair back on the Scoop Podcast. The Wild on Monday, signing Captain Miko Koivu to a two-year, $11 million extension. He's 34 years old. He will turn 35 in mid-March, so he'll be 37 when this deal expires. He's coming off a good season. He was rock solid in 2016-2017. He played in 80 games, totaled 58 points, good two-way center, brings it on the defensive side. The question is, did the Wild rush into a decision? Should they have weighed, or does this make all sorts of sense, especially coming off the good year that Koivu had? So let's bring in Brent Flair. Brent, always appreciate your time. Take us through the dynamics of the Koivu extension. Was this something that you guys have been working on for some time, something that Koivu's camp approached you guys about going back a number of weeks, number of months? Or did this come together just in the last, you know, handful of days? 
Well, we I know uh, Chuck met with uh, Miko and his agent uh, after the season and told him something that uh, you know both sides wanted to get done. Uh, at the time, we had uh, you know after the season, we just had uh, the expansion draft, the draft, free agency, and all those things, and uh, we we just agreed, uh, or Chuck and Jerry agreed to speak before camp and hopefully get something done quickly. And um, everything came, you know, I think both parties wanted to get it done here before the season started. And Miko didn't want the distraction. We didn't want it either. Um, so, yeah, so they uh, came to terms. And uh, as far as term and, and dollars, uh, uh, I think they were, Miko's uh, camp was very reasonable and they knew what they wanted. And at the same time, uh, we expressed what we needed and uh, it got done fairly quickly. I mean, it was two years pretty much the number that Miko's camp probably realized? Okay, yeah, know, I it'll think, be thirty-seven, you know, thirty-eight in year three. Year, no, two obviously, years it's, you know, it includes this. You know, you got when you consider it's this year, it, it's kind of a three-year deal. Uh, his age, sure. that's workable for us. But our goal is, uh, as long as Miko's going to play, we'd we'd like him to be in a Minnesota Wild uniform, and and you know, he he also wants to finish his career here, and you know, if it's uh, you know he still can play, and I'm, I'm sure he can after this contract. And uh, we'll get back to the drawing board again, but it gives us some flexibility. And uh, also, we just know what we're working around when we're uh, forecasting the salary cap and our budget going forward. Where will you guys be at come next summer? Will you still have some flexibility? Yeah, yeah, we'll have some flexibility. Obviously, we're going to have some younger players in the lineup, and um, you know, it's just you know, we we have some good players that are kind of in their prime but we we have a couple guys that we'll need to sign but um like any uh of the top teams we'll have uh we'll be able to do what we want to do and at the same time hopefully remain competitive for years to come brent you said that when chuck sat down with miko's agent at the end of the season that both sides expressed a willingness a want to get this deal done tell us more about your side why do it now why not see how the year plays out i know he's coming off a really good year so I guess there's some risk involved. If he has a really good year, he might say, you know what, let me get to July, let me get to free agency. You could risk losing him. But right. was there some thought in letting this year play out to see how he plays this year before paying him the money? Well, he can do that. But at the same time, uh, out of respect to Miko and what he's done for us in this organization, um, you know, to give him a little bit of security. And uh, for us, you know, we're confident that he's going to be able to play in, at a high level and we think he's a premier forward in this league. He's uh, he's a guy that we use, uh, you know, in huge roles to match up against the elite centers in the league, and uh, he's done a very well or a very good job here for a long time. So, um, you know, certainly it's not something that we want to risk losing. Um, at the same time, he he expressed interest in wanting to stay, and it just made sense for both parties. How good was Miko last year? Was last year his best year in a number of years? I. Th- uh, you know what, Miko's been very good for for a number of years. I, I think uh, I think our surrounding cast was better. I think he uh, obviously the their line clicked with Granny and and Zucker. And um, but you know when he added Stall and we had a number of lines that could score. I think he was able to not only remain one of the elite defensive centers in the game, but he also produced offensively. But uh, you know Miko's you know game is you know whether he's not scoring, he's he's still an elite player as far as matching up and, and shutting down top uh, opposing players. and um, Just his size, his competitiveness, and uh, his hockey sense, it's uh, hard to find. His two-way ability, specifically his ability to match up with the opposition's best you know, line, best center, 
Is that sometimes lost in the shuffle when when some fans like to say, you know, why doesn't Miko score more? Why isn't there more production there? It seems like he's incredibly polarizing, and I think a lot of that, Brent, is that fans don't grasp how good of a of a defensive game that he plays. Is that is that accurate in your mind? I think it's very accurate. I think he's uh, he's one of the most underrated players in the league. I think uh, any player, any coach that's coached against him or coached coached him uh, understand what he is. Um, but there's not many of them in the league, and uh, you, know, you can say what you want. But you take Miko Koivu out of our lineup, and we have a big gaping hole to fill, and uh, those guys are hard to find. What has stood out so far through the first handful of days of, of training camp plus the one preseason game? Uh, I think, you know, we've had a good mix. I think there's lots of energy from the uh, the veteran guys, but we've had some really good showings with some young players stepping up, and I think the fitness levels have been good. But, you know, to see an Erickson Eck take the next step here and uh, Luke Cunnan's come in and, and played well, and Carson Soucy on the back end for a young defenseman, and Nick Sealer looks like he's taking another step. Is you know it's it's exciting. We're gonna have uh, I think we have this camp. We have a lot more competition internally, not only from people uh, coming from within, but some of the free agents uh, that we've added depth and uh, even a trial like Winnick's played well so far. So yeah, we have some a lot of internal competition. It'll be interesting how it sorts out. Expound on Winnick, then tell us a little bit about Ryan Malone so far. Then what about Kyle Quincy? Is there a good chance that Quincy sticks? Yeah, no, Quincy's, uh, you know, he's a meat and potatoes defenseman. He's uh, a big body. He knows his role. He knows the type of game he has to play. And, you know, with us, we have two young defensemen that are, you know, coming into the league uh, in Riley and Olofsson. And to have a veteran presence uh, back there to talk to and to, take some of the pressure off when, in some of the situations uh, is, should certainly help. So uh, he, he's a pro's pro, and he's coming in great shape, and uh, he should be a good asset for us uh, in the room and and uh, in, in our bottom pair there. And then on Winnick, I mean, good year last year. Statistically, it didn't work out necessarily in the playoffs, but regular season, good player. I mean, were you surprised that he had to sign a tryout contract, that some team didn't yeah, offer him sometimes, a, a full-time job? You know, people – you close out. You're waiting for certain things. So yeah, some there's always a couple guys here and there. But you know he's shown through camp and uh, even last night in the game that he uh, he's more than a capable NHL player and a very good penalty killer. He's a big body. He can manage the game and obviously coaches trust him. So uh, Bruce thinks highly of him and uh, you know we'll give him a number of games here and we'll see where he fits at the end of the day. But so far he's uh, he's been pretty good. And then what about Malone? He had the shootout winner last night. I saw. Yeah, you know he's he's come in here. He's got a great attitude. He's he's just happy to be a part of it and a uh, big smile on his face every day. But he's coming re- really good shape and he's worked hard. He's scored a goal for us last night and he's still got good hands and good instincts around the net. So it'll be interesting to see how you know as we get closer to to the regular season and you get uh, you know more veteran lineup and the pace picks up. Uh, you know how all these guys uh, stand, but uh, he's, he'll be an interesting guy to watch. Saying Malone came in in good shape, without naming names, did anybody come in not in good shape, or do guys get it for the most part that you're not using yeah, training camp to get in shape? Really, you better show really up changed. in shape. Yeah, the game's changed. I think obviously the the money uh, involved in the game now, and I think the um, just the competition. Um, you know, back in 20 years ago, uh, I think players came to camp to get in shape, and now these guys uh, are you know are specimens, Charlie Coyles of the world, and uh, are, are just Unbelievable athletes and Matt Dumba's are their testings off the charts and um, I just think with the especially with the game the number of games and the 
compressed schedule now these guys have to be in elite shape or or they they fall off or uh, their careers short short and quickly so uh, no we've had no problems this year and obviously you're going to have some young guys that are you know lack strength or uh, need to train properly and and uh, but we we help them out and that's what uh, part of the growing process is as a prospect and learning how to eat right or learning how to you know lift and what what you need to do to to become an NHL player it's a learning experience but it's something uh, that takes some time who else is off the charts when it comes to the physical training so Dumba Coil anybody else yeah and then you got we have a group of young players that are they're right near the top the Luke Cunnins and Eric Sinek, uh, uh but you know a lot of these guys are right near the top and as far as they're all premier athletes, and Ryan Suter is, you know, a guy that can probably come off the, the farm and skate all day long and <laughs> uh, without breaking a sweat. So, so some of those guys are just blessed, and they're great natural athletes. But uh, overall, our, I think our coaching staff and our strength coach has been very happy with the way guys have come in. Does Suter have another level to his game? I mean, when we talk about ceiling, is he at his ceiling, or does he still have a ceiling to get to? Uh, he's been pretty good. I, yeah, exactly. Ryan Suter is what he is. So like I think he, you know, I think there's certain times uh, of the year where he's going to be matching up and shutting down the other team's best player. But at the same time, he he does produce points and can play power play and play in all situations. So uh, he, you know, he he likes his minutes, but he likes to play in in big situations. And and uh, you know, he's one of those guys that just goes out and does his job every night and. And, uh, you know, he takes a lot of pressure off the rest of our defensive core there, that's for sure. Zach Parisi, what's the latest? Uh, I think he, I watched him skate there today. He's feeling better. So hopefully we get him in to integrate him back into practices here in the next few days and, and go from there. I mean, with his veteran, Moxie, all that stuff, I mean, you know, is it overblown at this point that you need him for the regular season? We still have a little ways to go into the regular season. You know a guy that's been around the block as often as, as Zach has been that, that he'll be fine come the regular season? Yeah, that's our our thought. Obviously, any we don't need them to be playing in Winnipeg last night, or or even taking hits or anything that might give them some added discomfort. So, you know, he's doing his skating in the morning with a couple of the other guys that are injured, and uh, when he's ready to go, we'll get get him back into practice and get him up to speed, and and hopefully get him in maybe even a game or two before uh, the preseason's over. Is this a comparable injury? I mean, I know it's the back, but is it comparable to what kept him out of the playoffs a couple of years ago, or is it no. is it something that's different? It's different. Okay, so I mean, you know, from our standpoint, we love to we love to, you know, over talk and, and overblow things. But in your mind, in Chuck's mind, you know, the rest of the front office, the coaching staff, really kind of almost to a degree, much ado about nothing when it comes to Zach. Well, he's obviously it's any type of back injuries, uh, you know, or. Is is a concern, but you know we're doing all the right things, and he's done the right things to make sure it's hopefully not going to drag on. So, um, you know, we'll we'll see where we are in here in a few days, and see where he feels, and we'll just go from there. Brent, always appreciate your time. We'll see you at the rink soon. No problem. Thank you. Thanks, Brent. Good stuff from Wild VP of Operations Brent Flair, right underneath Chuck Fletcher in the Wild front office while taping Brent Flair. I got a text message. I saw the Shams from Yahoo had it on Twitter before I could get my fingertips to Twitter. Dante Cunningham chooses New Orleans over the Wolves. They are able to pay him a couple extra $100,000, something like $200,000. Plus, the path to playing time looks a little bit more obvious in New Orleans. He liked it in New Orleans last year, so nobody can fault Dante Cunningham for getting a bit more money and knowing that he does have a path to playing time. He would have had a path to playing time here in Minnesota, but there's still some uncertainty with Tom Thibodeau and how he uses 
his bench. So we'll wait and see where the Wolves turn to. No offers extended as of yet. I think I'll post this Scoop Podcast episode 97 here on Tuesday afternoon. Even though Glenn Taylor talks a little bit about Dante Cunningham, it's still timely enough. Thad Levine is normally on the Scoop Podcast. I think I will aim to tape Thad later in the week, especially after the Yankee series. It would be nice to talk to him after the three games in New York. So I think I will aim to put Thad Levine on a more newsy and notesy Scoop Podcast episode 98. We will aim to do Scoop Podcast episode 98 before the week is over. I have a bunch on the Gophers football team. Can always have some stuff on the Vikings. We'll have an update on the Wolves and so on. So let's do that. So let's end Scoop Podcast episode 97. Some news in here, but mostly Glenn Taylor and Brent Flair. Some more of the interview-only edition, although uh, only is too strong because I talked enough about what was going on with the Wolves in between and here at the end with Cunningham choosing New Orleans over the Wolves, turning down Toronto, Milwaukee, plus the Wolves. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. This does it for Scoop Podcast episode 97. Thank you to Vine Park Brewing. We love Vine Park Brewing. We love their products. Vinepark.com for more information. Owner Andy is very kind to the Scoop Podcast. We are forever indebted to Owner Andy.